0: Hello, hello. Welcome back to the How to Life podcast. Thank you for listening today. My name is Dr. Laura Jaggett. Right now you're listening to episode 83. I haven't done one of these shows in a while, but today's show is another what am I going to do with my life episode. This is a little series that has organically come into existence where I interview different people and the jobs they do. If you are confused about what you want to do in your life, it's my hope that some of these interviews might help you out. Today, I'm speaking with Teresa Edmond about her career as a ghostwriter. Teresa was my guest a few weeks ago in episode 77. She was on to speak about how writing can help you overcome problems and help you break through personal walls. In that episode, she mentioned that she is a professional ghostwriter. I found that really intriguing, so I asked her to come back again and go more into detail about that. I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. If you are a writer or if this is something that you're good at and would like to make a career out of it, ghostwriting may be exactly what you're looking for. Hi, Teresa. Welcome back to the How to Life podcast. Thank you again for joining me today for yet another exciting and unexpected topic.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about.
0: All right. Ghostwriting. So unusual. I didn't know you could make money. I never even thought about how someone goes about doing this. So we're going to talk all about that. But in case anyone missed the last time Teresa was on the podcast, please reintroduce yourself and tell us about you.
1: I am a veteran ghostwriter and content writer, and I'm also a writing coach. Um, Many hats, but they all deal with the same thing, words, which is what I love. And every single one of them helps other people tell their story. And that's my biggest goal is to help people tell their story and share it with the world.
0: You love writing. You've been writing your whole life, yes?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Are you out there with your own stuff or do you kind of keep it private and personal? And is that what led you into ghostwriting?
1: Mostly private and personal, yes. Um, I have a few books that I'm working on that I will release. They're mostly business-based to help my clients. I do love fiction, but I've never published any. I'm a chicken with my own stuff.
0: (laughs) Well, first let's start with defining what is ghostwriting.
1: Ah, the ambivalence. Um, a lot of people have a misconception about what ghost writing is. It's essentially I write. So Laura, you come to me. You need a book written. You have a topic. You have all of the stuff you want in it. You just don't have the time or the skills to write the book. I step in and bring my skills and time to the table and I write that story for you. And then your name is on it because it's all your ideas. It's different from just writing content from someone, though, because I write in your voice. So anyone who reads that book knows Laura wrote that book. So it's different from writing for hire. A lot of people get them confused, even people who do it. But ghostwriting is specifically writing in your voice to your audience using your thoughts and ideas.
0: So you don't have to disclose that it was written by a ghostwriter, no?
1: No, not at all. A lot of the books that are out there by successful professional people were not written by them. It Mm -hmm. was their content, their ideas, and their voice, but they didn't do the writing.
0: How did you start doing this?
1: I had a client that needed some help writing something, and I got into it and found out that I can actually write in other people's voices really well. So I just started doing that for her, and then it just blossomed from there. I've really enjoyed it, though.
0: How do you write in someone else's voice? You have to spend a lot of time with them, I guess, to kind of figure Mm, out.
1: Yes and no. Um, I can listen to podcasts if they have episodes on podcasts, if they've done a lot of video training, if they've written their own, say, course material, if they're a coach or an educator of some type, I can read that and kind of get the idea of what they've written. But interviews do help. I do interviews with my people they're limited that with certain exceptions. The book I'm working on right now, I've done hundreds of hours of interviews and it's because he is blind and has no legs. He was blown up by an IED in Iraq. So he really can't cooperate by sending me other stuff as much, so I'm able to do it this way with him even though he has a lot of stuff out there as well.
0: Do you find that that gives you a little bit of an edge speaking with the person you're writing as, you know, actually interviewing them. Yes. When clients come to you, do they care to meet with you? Is it important for them that their voice be accurate? What I'm saying is, do they trust
1: you? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And that's a big thing, especially say I'm working with a CEO. They need their brand which is them personally or their company to stay very consistent, that's vital. So the fact that I can do that makes it a little bit easier for them. I do interviews when I need to fill in the blanks or if I need to get someone's voice down and they've not done recordings, I might do a series of two calls a week or one call a week for a month just to get an idea of who they are and what they do. And it's chatting, essentially. I'll have them take me through some of the book, but most of it's personal. You have to
0: have a skill to do this. It's like impersonating someone's voice, like you know, Rich Little or any of these guys that are impersonate other people. You have to have attention to detail, be able to pick up on their style and their tone. Is there anything special you have to do to be able to do that? Or does it come innately to you?
1: I think the biggest thing is letting go of yourself because we all have ideas and we may not always agree with who we're writing for. But you have to let that go and let their idea be right, whether it's right for you or not. That's very, very difficult. And most writers cannot do that.
0: How do you do it? How do you let your own ideas go?
1: I fully embrace whatever they're trying to share with their audience. So I realized they are the expert. In this case, I'm a completely different type of expert. So they're the subject matter expert, and I'm the tool they're using to get this written and out there. As long as I accept that, I'm fine. You know, if I ever think I'm more of an expert on the topic than the client, then I either need to go back and talk to them again and say, hey, can I just get some clarification? Because there are cases where I've come across things that were just blatantly wrong. They just had never even thought about it. And that comes from perspective. And and also I have an editing background that helps with that. So as an editor, I had to learn to polish and clarify my client's work without changing what they were saying. And that's really vital.
0: Are the clients that hire you completely trusting or do they want to see chapter by chapter what you're doing?
1: I want them to see chapter by chapter what I'm doing, especially the first two to three chapters, I want them to make sure everything is flowing right and it sounds right. Once I hit those, I can just keep writing and we can go much more quickly. But it's very much a back and forth for them to approve it. Smaller projects, they'll just send me what they have and I'll do it and send it and we do a couple rounds of revision. I actually schedule in planning time for the book and that includes laying all of the groundwork, including a very, very in-depth outline. And that takes about a third of my book process time. So if I'm working on a book for six months, two months of that is just groundwork. So I'm doing research, listening to everything they have, looking at the materials they sent me. And then I write a very in-depth outline, send it to them for any revisions. And we go back and forth on that a bit. And then we have the conversations about you know just who they are, what they do. I listen in for their cadence, for their tone. One interesting thing, though, is most people do not write in the same cadence that they speak. So if I have examples of their written work, it makes it a lot easier.
0: Is there a big market for stuff like this? Are there a lot of ghostwriters out there?
1: I don't know how many there are. It's a very secretive field. I've met quite a few. I've met a lot of people recently wanting to get into ghostwriting. Like I said, it's difficult. Not everyone can do it. So if you want to be a writer and you don't have that ability to let go of self, then be a content writer. It's a lot of the same stuff. You don't have to worry about voice. You can just write and help people get their story out there, but it's a little different. There are some really famous ghostwriters. When I was looking to become a ghostwriter, I wanted to make sure I did it right. So I did as much research as I could and I could find nothing. Now there are a few ghost writing associations that put out some information more if you're in the group already, but to get in the group you have to be a ghostwriter already. So it's kind of a vicious cycle. Yes. So it's, it's hard to find. So whenever someone comes to me and says, I want to be a ghostwriter, what do I have to do? I'm like, sure. Let's schedule a call. I will every single time share with them any detail of information they want, because if they're going to be out there doing it, I want them doing it right and doing it so that it represents all ghostwriters, right? Because the ghostwriters who give ghostwriters a bad name are the ones who come out after the fact, break confidentiality and take credit for something, which makes everyone look bad, or they just write and they don't write in the client's voice. So it misrepresents the client and that's kind of vital.
0: So there's a lot of discretion that is involved. It's sort of hush, hush, like a magician. Nobody reveals the secrets.
1: My potential clients, if they want to see a portfolio, I do have some samples available. By permission from other clients, but they have to sign a non-disclosure agreement before they can even see my portfolio. And then there's a non-disclosure agreement in my contract stating that I will not share anything they don't want me to share.
0: Oh, that was my next question. Is that an automatic thing? Do you always Entrance. have a non-dis- yeah, non-disclosure agreement is always signed between the ghostwriter and whoever is hiring them?
1: In my case, yes. And I believe it's the case pretty much across the board.
0: So if this is so secretive, how does one market themselves as a ghostwriter?
1: I say I'm a ghostwriter. Nobody cares because nobody's going to know that I wrote the book. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, I have a LinkedIn profile that lists you know, sort of what I've done as a ghostwriter. I do have my portfolio. I have some testimonials from clients. And on that, I usually list their first name in their field, unless that's also very telling. And then we'll find another way to list it if they want to do a testimonial instead of a sample. And then I have my website. And on my website, I, I list my entire ghostwriting process for my clients so they know what they're coming into before they talk to me. And then we can just move right on with the process.
0: If someone doesn't know you and they are looking for ghostwriter, how would you come up? Or is it largely word of mouth?
1: Most of mine has been word of mouth, which is strange since no one says that they use me as a ghostwriter. <laughs> but I have had a few people approach me on LinkedIn. Um, I've had some people find me on my website. Believe it or not, I've had people find me in Facebook groups and refer me on to people who are looking for a ghostwriter. So that's a lot of it. Other people acting as a middleman, someone saying, I'd really like to write a book, but I need a ghostwriter for that. And someone saying, hey, let me tell you about this person I know.
0: So you have a contract. Contracts are signed, not just the non-disclosure, but you have a contract about, I am going to be writing this. I guess the time is in there, the amount of money charged, what very detailed, client, very, very detailed. Are you the one that has the contract or do they give the contract to you?
1: I'm the service provider. So it's kind of like going to your attorney or a plumber. You don't take a contract to them and say, hey, sign this. They bring you their contract and you agree to their terms of service. So that's how we do it. And it's very detailed, very, it's been reviewed by an attorney everything's educated in my state, according to the contract. So, you know, if I had a client in New York, I wouldn't have to go to New York if there ever was a lawsuit of any kind, which there never has been. And please, I hope there never is, but it's, and everything is in there. So the type of work being done, I include a document with a schedule, and then that's refined later. And it's not just my deadlines. It's the client's deadlines as well. So if they don't meet their deadlines, all of mine get pushed back because it's very much a back and forth process. It's not a, here, I need you to write this book. And then they go away.
0: Are there some people that do that? Maybe the ones that know, know you or have had experience with you before will just say, go. Go.
1: Yes. The ones that I've done multiple works for, once they know me and I know them, then we're able to do that. I still need them to respond to certain sections of it in a specific amount of time though. And I still put that in their contract, even though they're my friends at that point.
0: Now, do you ghostwrite just books or do you do blogs or other types of contacts, maybe create courses for people?
1: Yes. All of the above. I've done mostly nonfiction books, a lot of blog posts, even some social media. I do courses, white papers. I've even written letters for people. So if you wanted a letter to go out to a certain group of your clients, then that's something that I would write in your voice. And it's it's a lot of fun. But I did my first fiction book last year and it's already been optioned for Hollywood. So I'm kind of excited about that. My first foray into fiction is going to be a movie.
0: But you were a ghostwriter on it.
1: I was a ghostwriter. I still know it though.
0: So, that was a question I had. What if one of your books that you write blows up and it becomes just world famous? It becomes a movie. Are you content to just stay in the shadows, knowing that you got paid for this work? And are you happy for the person who's presenting it as their own?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've been able to put on my website that I'm a best-selling ghostwriter because I my books have made best-selling charts on several different charts. I've been published in major national media outlets, and so I'm able to list that. I'm not able to say what I did, but I can still list them. So if I have a book that goes to a movie, then I can do that. I do know some of the more famous ghostwriters have gotten to the point where they're actually able to say, this is a book I wrote and put it on their website. One of the options my clients have is giving me cover credit that drops the price a bit. You'll see them in the bookstore. It'll say, you know, George Bush with or George Bush and that second person is the ghostwriter.
0: Is it easier for you to be a ghostwriter than to write your own stuff? With Absolutely. Own Why is that?
1: Because I don't have to do a lot of individual thinking. I have to be able to tie points together. I have to be able to take a complex topic and boil it down into simple, easy to understand terminology. But it's not me coming up with a lot of unique ideas. Most of it they give to me. So the idea
0: part is the big part. The, oh, it's idea, the hardest part, but somebody gives you the idea and then you're like, oh, I can take this idea and work with it. When you're doing yeah. your own stuff then you have to come up with the idea and that's not as fun for you or it's more difficult for you.
1: It's a whole different part of the brain. I think I enjoy doing it. I love writing books, but when a client gives me something, I'm able to kind of connect the dots and move forward very logically. When I'm creating something for myself, I do the same process and I've done the process enough that it's kind of second nature, but I second guess myself sometimes, which is what all of my clients have a problem with. And because of that, I've developed tools and they're tools that I use and tools that I'm getting ready to offer for sale that walk you just directly through the process. So you don't have to second guess yourself. You do all of that groundwork and then you can just write like someone else is writing it for you.
0: This is so fascinating. Did you ever know that you could be a ghostwriter when you first started?
1: No. No, I don't think I did. But then I didn't know what a ghostwriter was. So I knew since I could write, I thought I could do it. So I just found out everything I could about what a ghostwriter does, You know what kind of thing they do, how do they communicate with their clients. So I found out everything I could. Most of it, I had to fall back on my own writing expertise and muddle through that until I got to the point where I could learn from other ghostwriters. And then that validated what I had done, which is why I want to help other ghostwriters learn how to do it.
0: If someone wants to be a ghostwriter, what kind of fees can they expect to receive, or how do they know what to charge?
1: You know, this varies, um, and I have been lucky enough to be in some conversations with that. For instance, in Canada, there is actually a ghostwriters association that sets a minimum fee of—I can't remember if it's ten thousand or fifteen thousand per book. Your fee for a book cannot go below that if you're a member of that organization, which is like a union. I wasn't sure what to charge for fiction that's way different than nonfiction. So I went to a few fiction ghostwriters. I know most of them charge 25, 35, 50 cents a word. So when I started doing fiction, I started right there in the middle at 35 cents a word. And that's what I charged for that book. And it was a big book. So that was a nice contract. For nonfiction, I charge a minimum of 50 cents a word. And up to a dollar a word, if it's a very complex topic or a well-known person. So the projects can end up being twenty-five dollars to $50,000 if it's a big book from a big name person with a lot of important stuff that has to be just right. And especially a lot of interviews because that first two months worth of work is very intense. I don't charge my clients a word fee. So if you came to me and you wanted to do a book, I wouldn't tell you Okay, it's going to be 50 cents a word starting out, depending on where we go. And then we go up from there. I give project fees. And then if I go over or under that, that's on me and and my estimating. But my project fee, I decide how to do that based on two things my base word rate, I don't want to go under that rate, and my base hourly rate, I don't want to learn less than this amount per hour. And then I kind of average between what those two end up being. And that's how I decide my rate for each project.
0: And you have figured that out over the years with the experience that you had. So somebody who's starting out new, is it wise to charge per word until you kind of figure out your own flow?
1: Yes. And you're not going to charge per word in the final manuscript. You're going to charge per word on what you write. So that first manuscript you send them is going to be edited. You'll make some changes. But that's the big thing is start there. And you can do that. You can even charge hourly if you want. That's a bit trickier because you never know how many hours it's going to take. You know when, how many words you're going to end up with. But don't undersell. That's the thing a lot of new writers do. I'm new, so I'm doing this for credit, which no, you're not your ghostwriter. You don't get any credit. Or I'm new, I'm doing this for timing. And those are just not good ideas. It's much better just to set a rate, stick with it, learn what you can do, and then go from there with your pricing.
0: Is it a good idea to start small like writing blog posts or just small copy? Yes, or-
1: absolutely. Especially blog posts. Blog posts are a really easy way to get your feet wet without having, you know, something catastrophic happen if you use a word the client would never use. You can always go back and change those. You know, it's not going to be a big deal. Print work is a whole different game like books. So you want to be pretty set in how you do things, have a really confirmed process and and be confident in yourself. Because I think that's probably about 60% of writing a book is being confident that you can do what you're doing.
0: Where can people advertise to be a ghostwriter? I know that there are these um, freelancing websites like Fiverr Uh and Upwork? Is that a good place to start or do you not recommend that? I would say
1: no. Most of the projects on there are a penny a word, three pennies a word. It's very, very underpaid. A lot of the people who advertise on there are content mills. I don't advertise myself as a freelancer. I am a writer. I have a writing business. It has a name. I've registered it with the state. I've registered it with the IRS, you know, and I have it as a corporation at this point because it just makes more sense to do that from a business standpoint. And that's pretty vital. Set yourself up as a business. You're not just a freelance writer. I encourage people not to use the word freelance. Say contract if you must, but you are a professional writer. That's what you do. And that makes a big difference in how you present yourself and how your client sees you.
0: What can you do to get yourself out there as a ghostwriter? Are there associations in the United States or are there groups where you can let it be known that you are a ghostwriter?
1: Yep. There are a couple. I'm a member of the National Association of Ghostwriters. And then there's also Gotham Ghostwriters. I believe I'm going to be joining that association shortly. There are several ghostwriting associations. Not all of them are created equal. So as with anything, look up reviews, do your due diligence, If you're paying a fee to someone to belong to their organization, make sure they're a real organization and not someone who just hung up a shingle and said they have an organization. There are a lot of people who will try to take advantage of new ghostwriters or new writers in general.
0: And ghostwriting could be an exclusive gig. It doesn't just have to be, oh, something also I offer with my writing skills. This could be your thing.
1: This is my primary thing. I do mostly ghostwriting. I do content writing. If my client's need that. None of my work across the board has my name on it. So even when I do content writing, it is anonymous. And I try to always ghostwrite so that it's always in my client's brand voice. It's just a better way to go.
0: This was fascinating. Thank you so much, Teresa, for talking about this. I knew nothing about it. I find it very interesting. I'm an introvert. I think you're an introvert. Yes. It's hard to kind of put yourself out there, but I'm really good behind the scenes. So I think if you're somebody who's good behind the scenes and you do good work, this is a really good option for you.
1: Yes. I say that this is my way to support people. I I lead from a, like you say, a behind the scenes, a behind the curtain position. So I am an expert. I'm very good at what I do. I'm not afraid to say that I've gotten to that point. It took me a long time to get to that point. When I talk to my clients, they need to know and understand that I'm the expert as well. So they're coming to me. We're doing this fun thing. And on the personal side, it gives all the voices in my head something to do. <laughs> so if you're one of those people that, you know, you're you're doing the dishes and you can recite a movie in your head in all of the voices, you might be a good ghostwriter.
0: What are like one to five tips that you can give someone who's maybe just thinking now? after this interview, hey, this is something that I think I want to do. What do you advise?
1: Start as a content writer. Become very efficient at doing content. Content is any writing that educates, entertains, or informs. Not to be confused with copywriting, which is persuasive, sells, and gets people to do something. So if you can do all of the content writing, and you can do it in your client's brand voice, Then you can transition to ghostwriting. So that would be tip number one. Start with content writing. Tip number two, learn everything you can about ghostwriting. Find someone to talk to. That would be tip number three. Find a mentor. Write every single day if you can, even if it's just for yourself. And then four is have the confidence to charge what you're worth because it's a specialized skill. Not everyone can do it, and it's not worth pennies. So charge more than what you think you're worth and you'll be surprised at how often people pay it without ever questioning you.
0: That is awesome. How can people find you? You're so helpful.
1: I'm on Instagram at The Writing Mindset and on Twitter at Teresa E, that's T-R-E-A-S-A-E. And then my website is edmundwriting.com, E-D-M-O-N-D writing.com. And you can always send me a contact form. I'm happy to connect with people. And I will be opening up a ghostwriting mastermind, and it's going to be very low cost, just enough to cover the fees for running the equipment to do it. And everyone will come in. We'll do group coaching sessions. So it's pretty much q and A. I'll offer all kinds of resources in that fee, and it, it's going to be wonderful, I think.
0: That is such great news. Thank you very much, Teresa, for coming on and teaching us all about this. I really appreciate your time and your expertise.
1: Thank you, Laura. It was wonderful to be here.
0: I just think this is such a unique and cool profession. As you can tell, Teresa is very generous and knowledgeable. So if you have any questions, she is a great resource and wealth of information. If ghostwriting is something that you think you might like to look into, why not sign up for Teresa's Mastermind? I'll put the direct link in the show notes, howtolife.com slash 083. I will also post her website and all of her contact information there. Teresa speaks more about writing to clear your mind in episode 77, so I recommend you check that episode out as well. If you are a writer and you want to know how to set up your business legally and properly, attorney Wesley Henderson talks about easy legal forms designed specifically for your industry that his company, Drafted Legal, has created. You can hear more about that in episode 65. Ghostwriting can be very enticing if you're an introvert. Learn how to hone your strengths in episode 52, The Seven Powers of Introverts. And be sure to listen to the other What Am I Going to Do With My Life series. I've done a few of those shows, and I will link all of those in the show notes as well. Again, that's com slash zero eight three. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give it a five-star rating. Whether it's Apple or any other podcast, I would appreciate that very much. If you have any questions, please let me know. You can send an email to drlj at howtolife.com. You can also send me a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at Laura Jaggett underscore Life. That is a wrap for today. I'll meet you here again next week. Listen, you have great strengths and wonderful gifts to give to this world, so don't worry if you haven't figured it all out. Keep your eyes and your ears open, and what you seek will appear for you. Life is so good, and you're doing just fine. You got this.